0: The following program is sponsored by Bell & Pollock PC. Welcome to Champions of the People, the Bell & Pollock Injury Show. Attorneys Gary Bell and Brad Pollock are ready to work for you. Reach Gary, Brad, and their team at championsofthepeople.com or by calling 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900.
1: Good morning, Colorado. Here we go. You all ready for this? The Bell and Pollock Legal Show. This is an injury show. We are injury attorneys. We do all kinds of radio shows. This show is dedicated to injury subjects, and we're going to dissect them and pull back the curtain and let you see what these insurance companies actually do when they value claims and try to attack and beat and defeat your injury claims. We also do a live call show on Saturday mornings on a sister station, 630 AM KHOW. That's a call show. You can call us on any legal question. That's 7 o'clock in the mornings on Saturdays. This show is an injury show, and we try to educate you and teach you about injury subjects so that you have a level playing field with the insurance company once you've had an accident. You know, this, that we usually use the scenario or example in this show of a car accident, but what we say can apply to any trauma. It can apply to a slip and fall. It can apply to a premises liability, a hit and run, a motorcycle car accident, truck uh, accident, pedestrian car accident. So any type, any type of trauma, what we're talking about will apply to all of those situations as well. And you need to understand, we've said many times the insurance company for the at-fault party, the one who hits you, the one who injured you, Is not on your side they are not on your side they are your enemy they are your adversary and we cover different subjects each week and this week we're talking about you know you've been injured you were in a car accident, maybe you were T-boned, maybe somebody ran a red light, let's use that example. They T-boned you on the passenger side, or worse yet, on the driver's side, and now you went to the emergency room, you're off to the hospital, you see the emergency room doctors, and we're going to have later shows talking about, you know, what these emergency records mean, how what they mean to you, how do you use them, and that sort of thing. But today we're, today we're talking about how do insurance companies really, really, truly value your claim? I mean, you've heard about claims. You see TV ads. You hear radio ads. Injury lawyers, come to us. Come to us. Uh, all that kind of stuff. We got verdicts. What goes on behind the scenes when insurance companies value your claim? What's important for for you to present to them? And so that we're going to try to dissect and, that today and break it down and educate you. Okay, Brad, so we got the, we got the typical accident. We got a T-bone accident in, in this example. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before, but one of the ways you support your claim when you prove your claim and you got to do it the right way is to give your medical records to the insurance company,
2: right? The the medical records have to go to the insurance company with regard to the crash and the injuries received from the crash. They do not and the insurance company should not be getting medical records that do not have anything to do with a crash. that do not have anything to do with the parts of your body that were injured in the crash. Um, those, are, those are records that are not and should not be made available to the insurance company. But the other medical records, where you've gotten uh, care, those need to be sent to the insurance company. They should be um, reviewed. They should be properly redacted for information that should not be given. Um, an example, even when you're looking at those records, is, for instance, a family history. Um, a family history may reveal information about uh, relatives Uh, From the medical doctor who's gotten this information uh, that the insurance company doesn't need to know. There's no reason for them to know what your mother or father or people in your family, what what kind of medical condition they have there. When you're looking at the medical records, you should be taking out things uh, like Social Security numbers. There's no reason for that to be in there. And insurance information
1: should be taken out. Right. You know, you have to submit your medical records. So That's one thing. That's one thing that's one way they value your claim. It's not the only way and they have many ways uh, to try to value your claim. But the bottom line is they're trying to beat your claim. They're trying to mitigate your claim and they're trying to reduce it down to nothing or next to nothing, period. And you need to understand that. And Brad was just exactly right. You, pro- you produce the medical records that apply only to the body parts that are injured in this crash, period. If you injure your neck, that's what you're going to furnish. You're not going to furnish about your foot. You're not going to furnish about cancer treatment. You're, not, you're certainly not going to furnish counseling records. They're going to want every record from every doctor in your whole life, or at least 25 years, or your entire life. They're not entitled to them, and we're going to cover that in today's uh, show as well. But we're trying to teach you how they value the claim. So they've got certain injuries. If you have a sore neck and no surgery, that's different. So, Brad, let's talk about how these different injuries, once you submit your medical records, they look at them and they start to place different values um, on different types of injuries to different types of uh, body parts.
2: Right. Uh, they're going to talk about different parts of injuries. And in some of it's going to be as, as to how it allows you to function the injury you have, uh, that particular body part. Uh, They're going to determine whether or not that body part is something that um, has a a, a main factor in your life. I know that sounds odd, but for instance, if you're a writer and um, uh, you've hurt your hands or you've hurt your fingers and you can't type or you can't write, that might be completely different uh, than somebody who doesn't doesn't have that kind of uh, career. They want to look and see which career is as far as uh, if you've been hurt, if your legs have been hurt, or your knees have been hurt. They want to talk about uh, what kind of problems that creates with respect to, with respect to what's going on in your life. Um, are you a person who uses your legs uh, 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 more than other people in, in carrying out your job? So they are going to talk about what body parts are. A closed head injury is uh, something that I think, uh, they look at saying, well, this can affect you in everything you do, but they also realize that close head injuries are very hard to prove. And so they they want to go after you with close head injury because they think you're going to have trouble proving it. Um, they especially on closed head injuries will look for gaps in treatment because there comes a point in time where there's not a whole lot of treatment you can give to a close head injury. And you have to pay attention to that to understand what kind of treatment you might or might not be getting and why you might or might not be getting that treatment to that part of your body.
1: Right. And Brad was talking about the fact that they usually call it gaps in treatment. We're going to cover that. Um, I'm not sure we're going to get to it today, to, in today's show. But gaps in your medical treatment is a big item and, and a big way they attack your damages. OK, so you're going to submit your medical records and they're going to value your claim. Uh, and so they start to go through your records and they even maybe do a chronology or summary of your medical records. And then they're going to try to downplay the records because, I mean, if you have a neck injury and you're going to have surgery, that's a different case for them and for you uh, than if you have a sore neck. If you've got whiplash, it doesn't show up on uh, MRIs or x-rays, which happens a lot, but it's killing you and it affects you every day, all day long, and it affects your quality of life. You need to approach that case differently. And if they're just looking at the medical records and say you have a sore neck, if you went to the emergency room, more than likely they diagnosed it as a sprain slash strain, and they don't think that's worth worth much money because, Brad, they think that most of those cases, you should get over them. they got these studies, medical studies, and they got these doctors, highly paid doctors that they pay, that say, well, in that type of injury, most people should just be over this in six weeks, so what's your problem? You should be over it. But many times, the people are not over it.
2: Sure. There's a there, there's this, this belief by the insurance companies a lot of times that if they just let time pass, your case is going to get weakened and they know that that can happen. So they're either going to do what we can call a quickie or a drive-by settlement where they're going to give you money right away before you realize what's wrong with you and get your release signed, or they're going to let time pass. And because they can let time pass, they will try to convince you, oh, this injury will go away. Um, They don't they usually are not going to encourage when you're talking to them, if you're talking to their adjusters to to get you to go to medical care because they like those gaps in treatment. Uh, They um, will talk to you about the fact that this might go away or let's check later and see how you're doing. Um, And uh, the whole idea is, is they think that if this goes away. Um, Or if you have temporary relief because you're trying something or something's working, they can say, number one, that it's gone away, or number two, that you had this relief and then you you did something else in your life to cause the injury anew, and therefore something else should be blamed for the injury.
1: Right. They always try to invent something else, and if you don't tell them that you had a subsequent injury or subsequent accident, they say you must have had one anyway because your medical records show and state – that you were resolving and you were getting better, and hopefully you do. Uh, but they say you were getting better, so you should be done by now. You should be, you should be better, and you need to understand that's how they value the medical record. So let's take a couple of examples. If you're injured in this car crash example we're using today, uh, excuse me, you can. Um, if you've injured your neck and you require surgery, then that's going to be a different type of a case. But then they hire doctors that sometimes say that you don't really need the surgery. What you need is rehabilitation, treatment, and that sort of thing. If you've been injured, you can call us anytime at 303 5900 at seven nine five five nine zero zero or our website, championsofthepeople.com. We can help you. So, Brad, let's talk about it. they're looking at your medical records. They try to see what uh, body parts were injured. They've got a kind of a preset formula on how they're going to approach this. But if you need surgery, they're going to contest the surgery or contest the condition. And they're going to say uh, maybe it was degenerative disc disease in your neck. And that's what caused your problem.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, the They're going to blame degenerative diseases, some type or another, for just about every injury you have. They're going to blame arthritic conditions for just about every injury you have. They know that they have doctors, they have people who are going to be able to look and see and find the getting as you get older. And they know that as you degenerate, as you get older, that there's going to be wear and tear on your body. And they're going to blame the wear and tear for the problems. And they're going to try and make you feel like, you know, come on, you, you, you can't really expect us to pay for the fact that your body's wearing and tearing and wearing out. Yes, you were in, involved in a crash, but you can't be thinking that we're responsible because your body was wearing out here's the film here's the mri here's here's the x-ray here's where it shows that you had this degeneration that you had uh, these problems building and so therefore you shouldn't be looking for us to pay because you were already wearing out and this is just something that was going to be a natural
1: condition Right. And that's how they attack it. So there are ways to beat this. Uh, we need to understand there are many ways to do this. You need to understand the right ways. You need to perform the right ways with the insurance company uh, for them to value your claim. And you try to settle the claim before there's litigation. You always do that. That's how you send the medical records in and why you send the medical records in. You also send the medical bills in. And uh, what, what what significance are the medical bills? The medical bills are part of your damages. If your medical bills are $20,000, they're required to pay you the $20,000 Plus, your other injuries, damages, and losses. You need to understand that. So how do they value the claim? They look at your medical bills. Then they start to look at your medical records that you've submitted, the appropriate, correct medical records. You have not signed a general release in advance. You send in the appropriate, correct medical records. So they start to look at the medical bills. They start to look at the medical records and value your claim. But what about wages? What about economic losses? What if you can't work or couldn't work for a short period of time? Next up. Your, your economic loss damages, your lost wages damages, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. You're on your way to the store. Then boom, you're T-boned at 45 miles per hour. Instead of shopping, you're on your way to the ER. Then comes the doctor visits, prescriptions, therapy, diagnostics, ongoing treatment, and the limitations. You have range of motion problems. Then the ultimate insult. The insurance company makes you feel like the crash was your fault. You need a legal game plan. You want a legal game plan. At Bell & Pollock, we've used over 25 years of experience to develop a legal game plan just for you. Our game plan has injury rules, rules of treatment, rules of claims, insurance company rules, litigation rules, rules they use to beat you. Now you can have them and know them and use them. To protect you and your family, our Bell & Pollock legal game plan gives you the rules the insurance company doesn't want you to have. Or know. Or use. But guess what? We do. A Bell & Pollock, success is no accident. Find us at ChampionsofthePeople.com. That's ChampionsofthePeople.com. Get your free initial consult and your free legal game plan will help you. Hi, it's Mandy for my friends at Bell & Pollock. I know these guys. They're real. They genuinely care about their clients. And I endorse them because they do business like my dad did. If you've been injured in an accident, call them 303-795-5900.
0: We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Bell & Pollock Legal Show. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We've been representing injured individuals for over 30 years, and we can help you put your life back together again. Believe me, uh, you need experience. We have experience. We can put it on your side. We can show you what to do, tell you what to do. Our telephone number, 303 795 Five nine zero zero. That's seven nine five fifty nine hundred. Our website, champions of the That's champions of the And don't forget, you know, these insurance companies that try to beat your claim. That's what we're trying to educate you about. Our example today, you've been in a car accident. You were T boned, let's say on the passenger side. You went to the emergency room. Now you're treating with doctors. How do you get paid? How do you get paid by the insurance company? And what do they do? So, in the first part of the show, we covered you submit your medical records, you submit your medical bills. That's a good story. Start. That's not the end of the rainbow. That's not the end of the story. So once you submit your medical records and your medical bills, there are other damages and losses. And believe me, they have a strategy against you. They have many strategies against you. You should not go the road alone. But I'm telling you what, you, you can have your own legal game plan. If you come in to see Bell and Pollock, we we'll give you a free initial consultation and a free legal game plan. We wrote a book it's based on our years of experience. The book's name is Legal Game Plan. You can get a free copy of our book on our website, championsofthepeople.com. Okay, so Brad, you have submitted your medical records. You've um, you've submitted your medical bills, and of course, they're going to try to attack those. We've covered that uh, before. and We're still going to have more to say about it. But now you've not been able to work for, let's say, a month, or you worked part-time for two weeks, or you couldn't work for three months, or you're going to have neck surgery, and you're going to be in rehabilitation, and you're not going to work for six months uh, after that. How do you approach this lost wages, lost uh, earnings, and earning capacity?
2: Well, that's the first thing. You need a different mindset entirely. Your mindset can no longer be what your lost wages were. Your mindset has to be what is your lost earning capacity, because that's what's going to be important is your earning capacity. Uh, You may have a temporary ability to make some money or continue making the money you were making. Uh, that may be as a result of your, your employer uh, making accommodations for you and doing things that allows you to be able to, to work and continue making money in that job. But the question is, is what's your earning capacity when you no longer have that employer or when the employer determines, okay, I can't do this anymore, or the employer for some reason has to terminate you or closes up their building, their shop, and is no longer able to employ you. Um, you you what happens when you when you want to move and move to a different place, uh, change states, change cities or whatever, and now you're looking for a job in a different state or a different city, and once again you're looking at what is lost earning capacity. Uh, what happens when things change in your business, and now you need different different skills or different abilities, and it, because of your injury you can't accomplish or acquire those different abilities or skills once again, it's a lost earning capacity. So yes, lost income is important. It's something you need to look at and you need to say, okay, how many days did I miss because of this or that, or how much time did I miss because of this surgery, because this is the time I was in the hospital, or because this is what I'm going to have to do when I'm going to the doctors. Yes, that's all lost income and it's important. but. you, You also need to look at what happened to my capacity to make money and how is that capacity going to keep me from making my fair share in what I would have otherwise made very far into the future.
1: You have to understand that you're dealing with your damages and injuries and losses. We're showing you how they value claims. We're showing you how you should value your own claim and how you submit items and documents and supporting material to the insurance company to get paid for an injury. You hear about injuries all the time you hear about attorneys talking on tv and the radio about injuries i've had all these wonderful verdicts nobody tells you exactly what to do and what goes on behind the scenes but we do and we are right now what the insurance company does not want to hear from you is that you lost your earning capacity in the future all these damages your medical records your injuries to your neck in our example your injuries uh, maybe to your arm Maybe to your low back. Maybe you're going to have surgery on your neck, but not no surgery on your low back. What does the future hold for you? What does the future picture look like, medically speaking, work like speaking, quality of life like speaking, for you? The insurance company never wants to talk about the future, and the way they do it is they usually say, "Okay, let me see how many medical, how much your medical bills are to date, to date." Okay, so $6,000, okay, so we're going to discount those, and we'll pay you $3,000 for that. And then they lump it all together in, in a lump sum, and you don't, sometimes they don't even offer you the amount of your medical bills, and they have to pay you for more than that. Brad, let's talk about this future, because that's one way they attack your claim. They try to limit it just to your past, so maybe your accident was four months ago, you're going to try to settle now, or six months ago, you're going to try to resolve it and settle it now. They just want to know what your medical bills are to date. They don't care about your future, and many times if you tell them, they try to discount it anyway. Well, that's exactly
2: it. They're going to tell you, okay, well, you're back at work, and you're working, and everything's fine, and you're comfortable in your job, and you've got job security, so everything must be fine. And once again, you know, you shouldn't worry about the future because the future will be there for you and you can't really compute the future. And by the way, if you have any problems in your job in the future, it certainly won't be because of the injury and because of the problems you've got and the, and the, and the disability you've got as a result of having been in this crash. And remember, that's exactly what it is. If people look at disabilities and they go, how do I figure out my disability? I'm, I don't need a, a, a special placard to be able to park in special places. But if your crash, if the, if the injury from your crash has caused you to have a significant injury, there's, a, there's the, a great potential that you have a disability. And that disability is something that has to be addressed for future losses, looking into the future. And that's where you have to get the crystal ball out and start figuring it out.
1: Right, some cases, you have injuries that are going to affect you the rest of your life. And so that means the rest of your life, and that includes the rest of your work life. Making sense? I mean, you might be 24 years old, and you're going to work till you're 65 or 70. It's going to affect you every day of every year until you're 65 or 70 in your work life. A good example, let's take the Aspen Music Festival, a wonderful event in the summer in Aspen, Colorado. All kinds of world-class musicians there. Let's take a pianist. What's the most important things to a pianist? Their hands. What if their hand was damaged and they can't use it? What if there's neurological damage and it doesn't function the way it used to? Maybe there's a partial amputation. They're 29 years old. What is their work-life expectancy, and what is the future hold? These insurance companies never want to talk about the future. So when you're ma- making your claim and you're valuing your claim, you need to focus in on the future. And there's many ways to do it. You can call us at 303-795-795. 5900 that's 7955900 or our website championsofthepeople.com. Let's talk some a little bit more about this lost earning capacity Brad because that that portends the future. that includes the future and that what, that's what has to be built up on those type cases.
2: Right, and, and uh, they, they love to talk to you about whether or not you're even going to be having that kind of job in the future, whether your skills are going to be needed in the future, but you can always come back to them and say, well, I need to be able to have the necessary ability, physical ability, uh, to, to be able to adapt to what the future holds. Uh, once again, my loss or capacity, they'll talk about and, and they look, you know, if you've said if you're 50 years old right now, 40 years old and you've been in a crash and you said, man, I plan on retiring in 10 years and going out and into and, and the Hawaii and 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 laying around the islands. Uh, if they can find that, they're going to look and they're going to say, "Well, we shouldn't be calculating your lost earning capacity in the future to to retirement age of 65 or 66 or 67, depending on your age, but rather we're going to calculate it to when you intended to retire at age 50. And if you intended to retire at age 50, that's when your income would have stopped." So they they like to find where you have talked about what you want your future to be. And once again, they build into this a statement of, okay, we're going to talk to you about your future only if you can show us that that capacity that you lost, the inability to do things, either physically or mentally, equates into uh, something that's worth money, something that you are using to make money, something that you um, need to make money, and something that you can't compensate for making money. And therefore, what you're going to find is that it's going to be a very hard-fought battle for future losses. They do not want to talk about them, and they do not think they should be responsible for the fact that you can't work to your maximum capacity in the future.
1: All your damages, your medical bills are in the past and in the future. What's going to happen to you for the next 10 years, the rest of your life, if you have a permanent injury? They always want to downplay the fact that you have a permanent injury. They don't want permanent injuries because they're life long, and they affect you for your entire life. And what's your life expectancy? How do you value these future losses? Maybe you're asking that question. In your mind. So uh, there are ways to do it. And, and sometimes you have to use an expert. Sometimes you don't have to use an expert, but they must be valued. And uh, Brad, let's just talk a little second about present value. Because if you value, if you're 29 years old and you're going to work till you're 65, that's your work life expectancy. You have to reduce those numbers to present value. Well, sure. They're going to say, uh, well, that's great.
2: You think you lost this money in the future. But if I give you this money now, you can earn interest you know, the stunning 1% that you can make nowadays in, in, in accounts. But they say you can invest this money, you can make interest off of it. And therefore, if you think you're going to lose $10,000 20 years from now, well, maybe I only have to give you $100 now or $1,000 now. Um, of course, they, they don't realize that if you're saying you're losing $10,000 in today's money, 20 years from now, that 10000 might actually be 50000 So it's your job. It's your job to make sure you understand what we mean by what's happening with interest, what's happening with inflation what's happening with the value of a dollar, and how your, dola- your money's going to go up and down.
1: You know, when you compute present value, sometimes you need an expert, but you must take into consideration the rate of inflation, sometimes the rate of medical inflation for medical costs, and sometimes the discount rate. So that can be complicated, but you must prove it. You must be able to do it. Okay, coming up, what if you're an architect or a contractor or a self-employed person? What if you're an Uber driver, a musician? What if you're an employee a labor? We know we do work comp cases as well, but what if you're in one of those categories? How do you prove your lost wages? How do you prove your lost opportunities? How do you prove your economic losses? Bell and Pollock, we are injury attorneys. We're here for for you. This is the only show of its kind. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back.
0: Back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. We've been partners for over 30 years. We've been helping injured victims just like you, helping you put your life back together again. We've helped their families. We have many testaments to that, and we can put our experience to work for you. We're the only law firm that does a show like this. We're the only law firm that tries to explain to you in detail what you need, what you need to know. And we tell you these insurance companies are out to beat you and defeat you. That's why we wrote the book Legal Game Plan. It's trademark protected legal game plan. We put our over 30 years of experience into that book, and if you come into our our law firm, we'll give you a free initial consultation and a free legal game plan. You can get any of our books at our website, championsofthepeople.com. We've written six books now. The most recent book is uh, Colorado Car Insurance, The Essential Guide to Car Insurance in Colorado, and all these books are free. You can call our law firm. We'll send you a hard copy, or you can go to our website, championsofthepeople.com, and you can download an e-copy free. You can call us, ask us questions. That's what we're here for. This is what we do. Brad, we were talking about if you're self-employed, you know, and, and I did a case for, a, for an architect years ago. And so she couldn't work for over a year. And during the work that she, during the time that she could not work for over a year, she made more money than she's ever made before. And so we were able to prove that was from services that rent were rendered in prior years and the money was just being paid because the insurance company says, well, you don't have any losses. You may not be working, but you don't have any losses because you made more money in the year you had off from work than you ever made before. So self-employed people present a different challenge, but we can solve the challenge.
2: Well, that's, that's one of the things you have to be careful about when the insurance company asks for your tax returns. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it this plain and simple for all of you. Do not give them your tax returns. That's it, do not give them your tax returns. Go talk to the lawyer. Talk to your personal injury lawyer and discuss what you have to give them. But they're not entitled to just wholesale turnover of tax returns. They love that when they're dealing with self-employed people. Because as Gary was talking about, you have deferred income. You have income that, you, that, that was actually earned months, if not years prior, that's being paid over time or that you're getting later on, and that income should not be calculated into uh, your, your income for the insurance company purpose to determine if you lost if you lost wages or if you lost income itself. On the reverse side, you need to look into the future to determine whether or not you're, you're, you're going to have income in the future because your injury is keeping you from earning that income now. You're not getting paid every week or every two weeks, at the end of two weeks, getting paid in full for what you did previously. Instead, it's delayed income. So, it's a complicated formula. When you hear or you see on TV and you hear lawyers talking about, oh, it's fast and easy, and boy, we can just whip this out and we can take care of it. That's not That's not accurate. The bottom line is there's nothing fast and easy about do, about determining these kind of losses and about making sure you get fair compensation. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of understanding of the game that's being played by the insurance company. It takes a lot of understanding about how to calculate your losses. And future income, future losses, is something that's very important for self-employed people. I mean, you've got people out there who are self-employed that if they don't make deadlines, they have penalties, so, you've signed a contract and you have to make certain deadlines. You get in a crash, it's not your fault, and now you can't make the deadlines. And you're facing penalties or you're facing the inability to be able to meet those deadlines. And somehow you have to go hire more people or you have to do something to compensate for it. Those are losses, real losses. And they may keep you from getting jobs in the future from that same contractor or from that same person who hired you because they're going, You're too slow now. You're not getting the job done on time. I can't wait to have my project completed for you to work at your slower pace that you've got now.
1: Right. And it does affect people. And we're trying to educate you about that. So far in the show, we've told you how, how to insurance companies value claims. Well, you submit your medical records on the body parts that were injured. Nothing else. If you injured your neck, you don't give them your records for 25 years. You don't give them your uh, left ankle, broken ankle five years ago. You don't do that. So you submit the medical records. You submit your medical bills. That's a separate category of damages. And then another one is lost uh, economic losses or lost uh, opportunities or lost earning capacity. So they have to pay you for your medical bills. They have to pay you for your body parts and your physical impairments. And they have to pay you for your economic losses. I, don't, I think we're the only law firm that ever breaks this down for you and tells you uh, all the details you need to know to, how to present your claim and how insurance companies value your claims. Let's take a landscape contractor, Brad. You know, you injure your low back and they say, well, the MRI, the insurance company says the MRI didn't show a, a, a herniated disc. It didn't show a, a problem. But you're, you're saying, I, I'm having trouble doing my landscaping career. I'm worried about my future. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. This, this problem, this symptom, uh, these injuries and, and the uh, injuries and the problems have stayed with me for over a year now. And my doctors have told me they're permanent. And the insurance company says, well, your films, your MRIs, and your x-rays are, quote, unremarkable. So they don't show any particular problem. So we're not going to pay you. We don't believe they're going to affect you in the future. We don't believe they're going to affect you in two years or three years. I can't do my landscaping job. I'm worried about That's what I do in business. That's what I've done my whole life. I'm 34 years old. I've done nothing but landscaping. And I can't do the jobs. And I've lost jobs. I've lost contracts I've had to cancel contracts and think about this would it apply to a painter it would apply to a contractor an HVAC person it would apply it would apply to an uber driver uh, they're, they're probably having trouble they can't do that so this is all factors in Brad and you have to put you have to prove these lost economic opportunities
2: That's correct any of your building trades it's going to affect and and this is another simple uh, calculation that's not so simple. That's not so fast. It's not so easy. Because what you've got is you've got, let, let's say you've got a, a self-employed uh, person in the trades that's out there trying to do the job. And they're used to being able to uh, be able to get work done at a certain pace. And now all of a sudden, they find they can't do it at that same pace. So now they can't even bid the same contracts. They know they can't bid those same contracts because they can't get the work done. Or they're going to have to hire somebody to do the work, at which point they're going to lose money. Now... You know, the insurance companies, first thing they're going to do is they're going to want to know they they want to use. Well, you know, let's look at your tax returns and let's look at whether or not you hired somebody else to do this. And once again, this comes down to a breakdown of what those returns are really about. But what we're talking about is, is now they're slower. And because they're slower, they can't even bid the same jobs. And because they can't bid the same jobs, they're obviously not going to get them. What's the first thing the insurance company will do? Well, tell us what jobs you didn't get. Well, I can tell you what jobs I didn't get. Well, that was a job out for bid. You you just gave us seven jobs here that you didn't even bid. You didn't even try and get. No, I didn't try and get them. Normally, I would have tried to get them. And out of the seven, I would have gotten maybe one or two or three. And I didn't get them. Well, which one would you have gotten? Which one wouldn't you have gotten? i can tell you I would have gotten maybe two or three of them. Well, we're telling you, you, you just didn't bid them. You didn't try. You didn't try and mitigate your damages. You should have tried to get the jobs. If I had gotten them, I couldn't have done them because I am hurt. I can't go get those jobs. I can't bid those jobs. And that's going to destroy my income in the future. Because next year, when my crew looks at me and says, what's the outlook? What's it seem like? What's the What's there for us? You're going to find out there's not. The, the, there, there's not any work. And now your crew starts to abandon you. Next thing you know, you're left in a situation where you can't make a living, where you can't pay for your family's bills. You can't pay for your home. You can't take care of the expenses you've got. And now your entire, your entire status of living is going to go downhill.
1: Right. And so, uh, you know, and I'm always thinking about the policy limits, the insurance policy limits of these at-fault drivers. They might be minimal. So, you know, uh, we've written a book on car insurance in Colorado, The Essential Guide. You know, point your legal compass to true north. Know what to do today. What if the other driver says, I'm sorry, I don't have any insurance. And we're talking about lost wages. We're talking about maybe the rest of your life. I'm sorry, I don't have any insurance. I'm sorry. Or the one I hate the most is they give you the insurance card and you call up the company and they said they haven't paid the premium for four months. That's all over with. Uh, you don't, they don't have any insurance. So what we're talking about today are your damages, but there has to be insurance and, and a source to collect it from from the outfall party and or from your own insurance company. So read our book. Get our book. It's free. Okay, let's talk about a wage earner, bad because we've been talking about self-employed people. But back to the landscaper. You know, sometimes they say, the landscaper says, I, I used to be able to do six, seven, eight significant major jobs a month. Now I can only do one or two. And so, that's a start on how you're going to prove your economic losses, and remember those are in addition to your neck injury, your back injury, in addition to the physical impairment, in addition to the medical bills, that's that. Now, let's take about a, a wage earner, maybe somebody works at a big box store, maybe they work at Walmart, maybe they work at Costco, and they had a wage, and so they've not been able to work for three months, that's easier, not easy. But easier to prove those people lost wages. Uh, So for the past, let's say they missed two months of work. So you take their their wage and what they missed. But there's also fringe benefits. And also, how is this going to affect them in the future for the rest of their life? Well, once again, now you're talking about what's that going to be
2: as far as equating to referrals Um, when when you want to move on or when you want to get another job, is the person going to give you a good referral that was working that, that you were working for? Is that person going to look at you and say, I can't give you as good a raises as I used to give you? Why? Because you're not making as much money. You're not performing as mu- well. You're not bringing in the type of uh, uh, services or you're not completing the type of services that allows me to make money. We're all being cut back on this. We're all being harmed as a result of your injury. Now, those people can't even look for compensation from the party who's caused the injury. They could. They look and say, you cost me a valuable employee, and now you're costing my company money. They can't even look for that. They're, they're not even entitled to that. But are you entitled to the fact that now you're not going to get the same raises? You may not get the same bonuses. And how do you prove that? Do you have a boss who looks and goes, oh, normally the Aaron bonus would have been $5,000 and now it's only 2,500. Why? Bill? Well, they're not doing as much work and I don't have as much money. And I had to hire somebody else to do some of this work. And they're going to, they're going to, uh, uh, attack, whether or not you really would have gotten that high a bonus, or is it just a boss who likes you? And this is where they start taking real advantage, because they want to take advantage of the fact that the boss continued to employ you. So there, they're saying, "Well, we shouldn't have to pay you for lost income because the boss continued to employ you on a modified, modified, modified work stations or a modified work schedule." But at the same time, they look and they say, well, we don't believe you would have gotten a higher bonus than you did, or we don't believe you would have gotten a higher raise than you did, and we think the boss is just lying because the boss wants you to get money, and we don't think it's truthful because they like you. And they say, well, they did you a favor by keeping you on. So, either way, they're going to use
1: it as a way to claim that you're lying about what your losses are. You need to understand this. You need to put it present it to the insurance company. You need to present it in your fight. If you want us to do it, call us 303-795-5900. Also, you can go to our website championsofthepeople.com. You know, if you're a wage earner and you lose fringe benefits and you're you're doing the job, this is a common, when you're doing the job, you work eight hours a day, but when you go home, you're done. You can't do anything else. You're spent. You're exhausted. It's over with. What does that portend for your career? What does your career look like? What does your future earning capacity and work capacity look like? Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about lost uh, economic opportunities. How do you prove it? Lost contracts and economic losses, all for you. Championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. When a driver chooses to violate a safety rule, everyone on the road is in danger. That means you, me, everyone. Driving and dangerous choices. Think about it. The only allowable choice is the safest choice. Otherwise, you and your family are put at risk in harm's way. This is really what car crashes are all about. One driver makes a choice that violates a safety rule. Everyone else is needlessly put in danger in danger of injury, medical bills, surgery, lost jobs, quality of life changes, and future expenses. All it takes is one driver and one dangerous choice. I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We've been representing injured victims for over 25 years. We can help you put your life back together again. We'll fight the insurance company who defends those who injure you and your family, those who make dangerous choices. At Bell & Pollock, we are experienced injury attorneys who care about you and your family. Reach us at bellpollock.com or championsofthepeople.com, or call us at three oh three seven nine five fifty nine hundred. That's seven nine five fifty nine hundred. One call, that's all. When you've been injured in a car crash, you're up against large insurance companies and their lawyers. You need experienced attorneys on your side. I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell and Pollock. We've been representing injured victims just like you for over 25 years. We can help put your life back together again. Sometimes the strongest thing you can do is ask for help. Bell and Pollock, Colorado's premier injury law firm. Find us at championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. We'll help you.
0: We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303 795
2: 5900.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Bell & Pollock Injury Show. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We've been representing injured victims for over 30 years. Brad and I have been partners, partners uh, for over 30 years, and we can help you put your life back together again. You must know what we're talking about. You need to know these things. You need to have a legal game plan. You can call us anytime. At 303-795-5900, you can get our book free Call Legal Game Plan. We put our over 30 years' experience into that book. We trade. Mark protected it. It's for you. It's free if you come into our law firm. It's free if you just want to order the book. You can call our law firm or you can go to our website, com, and get a free e-copy of that book and any of our six books. We have a book on hit-and-run. That one is appropriately called Cowards of the Street, Hit-and-Run. And they are cowards of the street. We have a book on workers' compensation. We do workers' compensation cases, and we represent workers all over the state of Colorado. We do cases all over the state of Colorado, and we have for years. You need to know the details. You need to know when these TV attorneys come on and say, i got a verdict of this, or I, so-and-so got me $100,000 or $250,000. How did that happen? How did that work? How does that work for you? Were those numbers sufficient? Are they sufficient to protect you and your family? You need attorneys that understand that and will explain it to you and give you a legal game plan to navigate this insurance maze. So we're talking today about how you insurance companies value your claim. Brad, let's talk... A little bit more about lost opportunities, lost contracts. Uh, usually, self-employed people, but they've they've lost opportunities. And if this if this person's back to work and they're working full time, but you just can't sustain it over your life, you're going to have higher periods of unemployment. How does this all incorporate into the value of an injury claim?
2: Well, this is where we have the statistics that come out, and we have national statistics, the governmental statistics that that show if you're a disabled worker. And disabled, once again, is not that you need some kind of wheelchair or that, or, or that you have to park in or that you get a, a disability placard where you can have disabled parking. If you're a disabled worker, and that means you're not able to, to give full, full, uh, uh, full effort to your job, you're not able to give the, the full attention to your job, you become a disabled worker. And it's shown, for instance, in a number of areas, you can lose anywhere from eight to ten years of what your normal income would have been for as a disabled worker. And this is time that's spent where your time off going to appointments, where your time off having to recover from the pain and and the anguish that has caused you to do your job, where you're slower in your job, where you have to take more breaks, where you have to do certain accommodations to your body to be able to address the disability that you have. Uh, Disabled workers flat out don't make as much money as people who are not. That's easy. That's an easy concept. Now, insurance companies will argue that, well, let's just look now, and you shouldn't be looking in the future. Instead, uh, we, we shouldn't worry about the future because nobody knows what the future will hold. Well, we do know what it'll hold. That's the point. And, and we have statistics that have shown from the past what the future holds for somebody who has certain disabilities. So once you get classified into a disability, once you're identified as a disabled worker and you have these problems and it's going to be there for the rest of your life, from what the doctors say, now it's time to calculate it. And most of the time, that's going to require an economist to get involved or somebody who deals with with, um, with the understanding of what happens to the economics when you lose a life uh, in, in your life, the ability to work full-time.
1: Right, and if you're the landscape contractor or the subcontractor or you're working in construction or you're a painter or you're a musician or you're an actress or an actor, uh, and you're going to have your, your work life limited over the ter- time of your life, over the term of your work life, let's say 8 to 10 years, as Brad example just was, That 8 to 10 years, you're working every day now, so the insurance company says, what's your problem? You work every day, you go to work 8 to 5, or you work even more than 40 hours a week. You don't have a problem. The problem is I'm not going to be able to sustain it. I'm not going to be able to do this like I do right now because I, I may have to get out of the landscape uh, co- contracting business. I may have to get out of the construction business. I, I may not be able to drive a car anymore. i am got a brain injury and I can't drive. I'm not qualified to drive. It's going to affect my earnings over the term of my lifetime. Yes, I'm going to have jobs, but I'm not going to have the full employment in economic uh, talk. I'm not going to have the full employment that I would have otherwise enjoyed. And that's part of your damages, and that's how you value your claim. And that's how the insurance companies try to not value your claim. So let's talk a little bit about these adjusters, Brad. They're trained. You try to present your claim, and we haven't covered all the damages and injuries that you can collect, and we're not going to be able to get to all of them today, but you, you, you submit your claim. These adjusters are highly trained. There's different levels of adjuster, and different levels have authority, and you're usually dealing with the first level of adjuster who ha- doesn't have much dollar authority to resolve or settle your case, and therefore it's more difficult, and it gets delayed, and they defend it, and they deny it.
2: Sure. There's a point where you have to be able to show why your, your claim should be kicked up to an adjuster who's got more authority to pay more money or why your claim is worth more money. Adjusters, initially, the claim gets brought in. They look at it and they send it off to an adjuster. And Normally, they're going to send it off based on the severity of the crash. They're going to look at the damage of the cars. They're going to look at the severity of the crash and they're going to determine, well, we figure you fit in this category and they're going to fit you into the lowest possible category with the adjuster who has the least amount of authority within what they consider the crash severity to be. Then... Then, as you go through it with them, you need to be able to show why, hey, you've misjudged. You don't understand, really, the injuries that I've sustained and that I'm, I'm living with. And that, then, causes the adjusters to have uh, the, with more authority to get involved. Now, all this starts with one basic rule. And the basic rule is there has to be the insurance money. There has to The funds have to be there. You, you, you can have attorneys who go to court and get judgments for millions of dollars when there's no insurance money there and there's nobody to pay it, and that becomes nothing more than a, a piece of paper you can stick on your wall. You've got to make sure you understand what the insurance is, and that we've done programs on. Once again, it's not fast and easy. We've done programs on talking to you about making sure you have uninsured and underinsured motors coverage for yourself. Because as you prove these losses, we talked eight to ten years. If you're making forty thousand dollars a year, think about what eight to ten years you're talking about. You're talking three hundred and twenty to four hundred thousand dollars worth of loss. Is the money there? Is is the insurance coverage there? Have you done anything to try and make sure your coverage is there? Do you have any any ability to do it? If you've got the ability to do it, please go out and try and get yourself covered with with some kind of policy, preferably. A policy that gives you
1: a million dollars worth of coverage. Right, and you can read our book, it's free, it's called Colorado Car Insurance, or Car Insurance in Colorado. It's the essential guideline. Uh, we have picture examples, we have picture examples of deck pages, deck sheets, that you would see on a normal insurance policy. We have arrows defining the most important part, it's easy to read, it's easy to understand. We have narratives telling you exactly what to do and what not to do. Exactly what's important in the policy, for you, today, right now, right now. Before you get in your car the next time, call and do what we're saying in uh, your UM and UIM coverage because there must be insurance. But we laid it all out for you. Get our book free at our website, championsofthepeople.com. You can download an e copy for free. You can call us at our law firm at 303 795 5900. That's 795 5900. And we will send you a hard copy. Or you can download it free for an e copy. It's a no brainer. Colorado car insurance, the essential guideline, point your legal compass to True North right now. Okay, we're talking about how insurance companies value your claims. You get a hold of an adjuster. They've got limited authority. They're highly trained. They know what questions to ask you. If you follow our guidelines and our legal game plan, you'll know how to answer those questions. You'll know what questions to ask them, and you'll know what's important for you. So, Brad, let's touch briefly on these computer programs. There was one called Colossus. That was the most famous, uh, famous one from McKinsey out of Australia. Most of the insurance companies bought into it. They have a computer program that they plug your injuries into. And it's a different situation, Brad. Let's hit it real quick. Um, if you have, uh, you got your, you're you trying to con- consider and compute your future losses, and they're limiting your claim just to your past losses, well, your accident was four months ago up to today. It's a con- completely different ballgame, and that's how their computers are driven.
2: That's exactly right. And the Colossus, uh, it, Colossus is still used. It's, a, it, it's It was originated by Allstate and it's used by a number of different insurance companies now. You have to figure out when a company, when an insurance company puts together its own program to be able to try and calculate your losses. You can bet they put together a program that's going to put your losses on the very, 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 very low end because they make their money by not paying you. That's what they believe. They get your premium and they don't pay. And that's what they understand is how they make their money. So... That what they do is they, they put together programs that they know will, will they can kick in for their adjusters. Many times the adjusters don't really know the medicine. They don't know what, what the science is or, or anything else about what they're talking about. But they get the key words out of the records. They get the key codes out of the records, the medical records you've given them. They plug them in, and it kicks out a number, and this is the number they're now going to live with. And that's the amount they're going to use. And, but like more or less, don't know a whole lot to talk to you about because the bottom line is, is this garbage in, garbage out because they're not putting in the full extent of what's involved in your crash and in your injury, including who you are. Well, how this has unique effect on you versus anyone else.
1: You know, and and the the way they do it, they approach it, is sometimes they don't even offer the amount of your medical bills. We've just taught you, you get the amount of your medical bills, let's say they're $40,000. Then they should pay you for your injuries, your physical impairments. Then they should pay you for your economic losses in the future, maybe lost earning capacity and lost economic opportunities. And there are other damages and injury losses categories as well. But they don't want to pay you for that. So their computer program doesn't figure those in or mitigates it or reduces it. And then let's say your medical bills are $40,000 and they offer you $20,000, take it or leave it. Well, you have to pay back the health insurance company on your medical bills. And then that forces you, think about this, that forces you to file a lawsuit. You have to file a lawsuit. Then they call you greedy. You're a greedy plaintiff. You're a greedy claimant. Then they call your lawyers greedy. Everybody's greedy but them. Everybody, the lawyers, the injured claimant, you're trying to protect your life because you only have one chance at this to protect it now for the rest of your life, and they call you greedy. Bell and Pollock, go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. It's an information-loaded website. It's all there for you. All of our podcasts are there for you, and our books are there for you. We will see you next week.